Welcome to this Life I Live in Truth podcast, a podcast about living life authentically. Each week, we deliver the best stories from individuals who have decided with intention to live authentic lives. Now, here's your host, Jesse Belizel. Welcome again to This Life I Live in Truth podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the village. This is your founder, Jesse B. Now, this podcast was created, I tell you, when I finally, when I finally decided to live and walk in my truth. So naturally, biweekly, I am so intentional about interviewing individuals, journeying through their life from all different walks in a similar manner who are not only ready to share, but who are also ready to pour into others. And this evening is, this day is no different. We have a special guest who is ready to pour. She is an entrepreneur, a creative director and producer behind some of our favorite and our dopest podcasts. She is the founder of Insta Podcast and the host of Stranded Phase and the annual women's event titled Innovative Income. I am grateful I get to introduce my sister in my head, the genuine and the oh-so-talented Jessica Hurley. Welcome to the show. Oh my God, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) My my hands-down favorite is sister in my head. I hear that all the time. (laughs) It's because it's true, Jess. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm really really trying not to fangirl right now, but I really am. (laughs) It is such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And, and the reason why you reached out being one of the most vulnerable posts I've ever, not ever made, but something that I really put out there. I can't thank you enough for that being the reason why I'm really excited to have this conversation. Absolutely. So I'm so glad our schedules were able to align because baby, she is busy. She is busy, guys <laughs> and gals. It's been a season, that's for sure. I know, I know, an abundant season at that. So, absolutely, very, very grateful. So, before we get into today's conversation, in honor of there being a new season of this podcast titled "Good for You," mm. I wanted to know before we go into today's topic, as the featured guest, if you could answer the following. So what is good for you just relationally? What is good for me relationally? Mm-hmm. Ooh, these are like rapid fire questions. Randomly, what came to mind is, and I don't know if I'm answering your question properly, but what I heard in my head is uh, peace. Yes. And learning that there's intimacy in, in relationships, friendships, and relationships. Wow. That's something I... That's something I learned in this season that I really enjoyed that often when we're like in seasons of finding ourselves, you know, just really getting to that, that sense of self. And I really think that is the journey of our late twenties, you know, mid Mm thirties and realizing we, we crave connection, we crave intimacy, right? But we, oftentimes we end up doing it in wrong ways because of our, our trauma or our childhood or, or just what we've learned from experience. And one of the most eye-opening things for me was because we crave intimacy, learning that I can have that intimacy and friendships without having to jump into relationships or without having to, you know, jump into situations that I could have been settling for and instead just 
being willing to embrace intimacy and the same intimacy we crave in relationship with the opposite sex or whoever it is that we crave, you can, can be found that and peace can be found in intimate friendship. I love that you talk about friendships when you, when you talk about the word intimacy, because automatically, you know, for me in the beginning, I was conditioned to think that intimacy meant, you know, you had to get in bed with somebody. That was the only way that you could kind of receive that thing. But there was a doctor, I don't remember, I think she was on the Tamron Ray show. And she said that intimacy is into me, you see. And I was just like, uh, wow, I get it. Yeah, what is, one of the, what is one of the greatest feelings that we feel is when someone sees us. Yes. Our yes. friends can do that. Mm-hmm. Our friends can do that. And then there's a book I was reading recently where she talked about that we so overlook the fact that intimate friendships are our first practice in relationships, our first practice in real love. We try to skip it. Mm -hmm. And it's really where we're supposed to practice what uh, not, uh, you know, not truly unconditional, but practice an unconditional love is in friendship. Absolutely. I think so many times when we get into relationships that loving someone is conditional. Mm. It's so rare that we we go in with an unconditional mindset because it's like rare. it's so rare. It's that agape type of love that, you know, not not everyone gets to experience, but it's like, if you don't have this job or if you're not doing this, I don't know if I, I'm going to love you. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not meeting these conditions, mm-hmm. my love for you will be taken away. Absolutely. And people don't even realize that our parents trained us some of our parents, not all of our parents, but some of our parents trained us in that, in unconditional and conditional love. Right. So then we go searching for that in relationships. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. We just getting started, Jess, but <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know while we're talking about what's good for us, um, because this topic kind of came to me because there's just so much in the world and not enough is being highlighted as it relates to what's good for us. We hear about all the red flags in relationships, but like we fail to hear about the green flags. And sometimes it's glaring us in the face, but because it's so foreign to us, we're like, mm, I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to dedicate an entire season to just sharing, you know, what guests think is good for them. And so I wanted to know what is good for your health mind, body, and or spirit? Mm, I'm going to say the most cliche thing, but I just, the fact that it's backed by science is I just had a neurologist um, on my podcast and we talked about everything from like brain, it was a lot about brain functionality and brain health and just like, you know, your brain and your bodies, how intertwined they are. And he just said that like, there's so many things we can prescribe people, but like people really forget that the, the quickest way, the quickest fix that works every time is exercise, water, and sun. And when I think back to everything that makes me happy, because I really went on like a a true transformation during the last two years, I am my best when I get up early in the morning and I go for, I I walk outside, I have my water, I get my sun. Like when I met it, when I'm able to spend time meditating, which I really try to do every day, when Mm -hmm. I spend time with myself, like that is what's good for my my mental health. And 
I want to add this part too, because I think it's so unfair that we always say those things as if they are the cure all. I've heard this on so many podcasts where people are like, you know, just journal, just meditate, just get drink water, walk, you know, have your time in the sun. And we get it. But those are, I want to clarify that those are regulating tools to me. So they are tools that are used to really help you look inward. They're not necessarily the fix all. Mm -hmm. And so for someone that may be down and out or stuck right now, sometimes those things aren't enough. And so like, if you're like in a negative thought pattern right now, or you feel like your mental health is currently, I don't know, you know, like put to the side, we've all felt that where we're like, what, what am I in the middle of? What is this? Why do I feel this way all the time? There's, there's two ways that I really work to break that because I get there too. And I wish more people would admit that they get there too. Right. Um, this, this perfect aesthetic is just not, it's not real for any of us. And two of the, two of the things I do is one, you got to know we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Majority of them are negative. That is our primitive brain's job. It, are, it is our primitive brain's job to say, you've tried that before, or we've seen that on TV before, or we've, We've felt that before and it's not good. So the answer is no, don't do it. It's going to hurt you, right? And so we have to talk back. Our thoughts are not, our feelings and our thoughts are not always real. So we have to learn to talk back. We have to find ways to do that. And so there's two ways I do that is um, I'll often break the pattern by doing something that makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Like, and it could be crazy. Like I'll, you know, shoot my shot at a big sale or I'll, jump out, I'll run outside and go jet skiing, or I will like break my pattern by getting up and going for like a sprint. Like I know this, these things sound crazy, but I can tell when I'm in a thought pattern that I'm stuck in and I'm about to cause myself to do or think something that is not real. And then I always tell folks, sit down and journal about your perfect day. And I know that sounds so silly, but it's one of my favorite things to do when I'm stuck is like to sit down, pick a day six months from now, eight months from now, pick a random day. Like if today is June 19th, I would say pick like December 9th, 2022. And I would write about what I'm doing in, in every detail, senses, you know, smell, taste, feel, hear, see. And every time I do this, it's never something grand. It is like me picking up my son and then meeting with my friends for dinner or, you know, me outside feeling the fall breeze because I love the fall and, you know, going to get a glass of wine and seeing the dew on the cup, you know, and looking out on the water and seeing the boats while I'm having a conversation with someone that really can see me. Like break your thought pattern by imagining and realizing at the same time that we are the creators of the best moments of our lives. Wow, we are the creators of the best moments of our lives. They don't happen. They're not happenstance. We create them mm-hmm. when we are in our best state. Wow. We just forget we have the power to get there. For sure. Wow, Jess. I tell people all the time when I'm getting ready to start my podcast, I'm like, y'all are in for a special treat. So you better call your dentist because y'all about to get a cavity. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, So I want you to take a few moments. I know I took a few moments to introduce you, but introduce yourself to the people. So who, if somebody were to ask, who is Jessica Hurley? Man, you know, I'm going to give people some grace on this one. Maybe this will help them. But like, 
myself and a lot of people I know included are on a, on a journey for that right now, because I personally think we all just really kind of woke up, woke up after this pandemic and realized like we are not our work. Our identity is not rooted in our work. Our our identity is not rooted in these roles and something I've been sitting in. (laughs) It's not, it's not like, it's so funny because I was, brought up in this, this environment, this, this business industry, this online social media industry for the last four years. And you're taught that you are your brand and you are, but like now I feel like we're all in this phase where everybody really wants to separate themselves. Like I'm not my brand. (laughs) And I, I say that in a funny way to say like, no, no, I'm also a lot of other things. And I actually enjoy those things more. So I'm going to turn this version of me on certain times of the day when I need her but I refuse to be her all the time because she takes away from the other roles that matter to me equally so, if not more. Come on, Jess. Wow. And one of the things I've heard lately that I think is like my overarching, very clear role is being a messenger. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's so funny cool. because that, say that again. And you do that so well. I, I can't, I can't not live there. And that's why I had to realize that I needed to own it. Part of like, I don't know if you guys ever talk about shadow work or like, I've really been like deep diving into my shadows and something I've learned about shadow work is like, it it is all who you are, but you just have to kind of like deep dive, kind of uncover these things and then decide what is not true and doesn't serve me. Because people always want to use the word healed with an ED on it as if there is a final destination and there's not. Healing is surrender. And so as you're you're deep diving into these things, like you get to decide, like, is this a truth or is this just the truth I told myself? And does this belong in my life anymore? Okay, I'm going to sift through this and kind of put it to the side because it's not necessarily my truth anymore. It's just something that I adopted along the way through experience and environment versus there are some things that are part of our shadows that we're like, okay, you know, this, I may not be able to get rid of this. I might have to work harder to master this. I may, this may be a part of who I am. So I'm going to put it in the front seat, buckle it in and say, you sit there. You don't get to run my life, but you ride passenger. You can sit there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've learned about myself in shadow work is like good, bad, or indifferent, broken, happy, all the things. I don't think about how I look to other people when I share those things because I know my purpose is so rooted in the craving I always have is like, as I'm going through something, I'm like, I know, through, I know somebody else feels this way. I know somebody else is going through this. And I know the way that I can articulate it can help someone else because they're just sitting on it and they can't figure out why. They don't right. even know what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. They don't have so the words. I know word. I feel things. Say that again? I, they don't have the words. They don't have the words. Mm-hmm. So I know that I feel things so deeply and that there's a way that what I feel can be put to words so easily for me. What I always hear from people is what you said. I always hear you're a sister in my head. Your words feel like a hug or I feel, or I hear people always say like, I have felt that way for years, but i never was able to put words to it. And what you said made it all make sense. Right. And so I know I'm a messenger because I've also had people come to me and say like, you share about being broken or healing a lot. You need to be careful. People aren't going to think you're a boss. You need to, they're going to think that all you care about is playing victim and not showing up as who you actually are, which is 
you know, this business owner that does this, this, and this, and this. And I'm like, I, I've, I've really had to sit in that. And, and I've thought at times that the things that people say about me on that side are true. And then I've realized like, no, this is who I am. My role in life is a messenger, good, bad, and indifferent is to help people put words to connect the brain and the heart, to help them put words to, to feelings that they don't understand. Right. I hope that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> Can you tell, I know the listeners, they're called my villagers. Can you tell the villagers a little bit about your journey and how you got to this moment? And feel free to speak on your personal or professional endeavors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how I got to this moment, ooh, a lot of self-reflection. And so that I don't take up everyone's time, I would say, I would say my biggest transformation moment and an, and an unfortunate reality, and we all have to own this, is, you know, some of our most uh, powerless moments, some of our most traumatic moments are our greatest teachers. And we've all had really crazy things happen to us in life. And we don't know sometimes how they'll affect us. And two years ago, uh, about a year and a half ago, January 2020, I decided my partner and I at the time, my son's dad, decided that we were going to separate. And we were a month away from being married. We had been together seven years. And if truth be told, that really wasn't what I wanted. I just knew we couldn't go on anymore the way that we were. And I hoped that the separation would fix us. But I went over the next six months, we realized it was not going to fix us. It was only bringing forward more of the truth of what this could no longer be. And being that I am <laughs> I am an anxious attachment style type of girl, I knew immediately based on my emotions and my feelings and how uncontrollable and inconsolable I felt that I had a lot of work to do. And so I fired all my business coaches at the time. I had two. I had a high-performance coach that I was paying buku money to, and I had another coach. And I fired them both, and I said, okay, there's a couple things going on here that I need to fix. One, the, and of course, this was also my son's father. So there's a couple things I need to fix here. I said, okay, my whole life's about to change. So that means I need to change. Two, I could hustle through this. That is the easiest thing. That is what everyone knows how to do. That is why we have a bunch of multimillionaires, billionaires that commit suicide. And I'm not saying that jokingly, but right. because hustle and power through it is what it is the easiest thing to do. I knew that refocusing my energy on my work would be easy. I'm not saying it would have been like my feelings wouldn't have been hurt, but it would have been a great way to shift my focus and be completely distracted. But I knew that if I did that six years from now, I would have ended up dating the same person and I would have found myself in the same situation. Right. And I was like, I want to change. I want to change. I can't control how this ended. I can't control how this person has the decisions that they have made, but I can control me. And I want to be someone different coming out of this through and through. And I want to heal these wounds. And so I literally hired like a basketball team of healers. And I understand that that's a privilege for people because I did spend a lot of money on healing. I did everything from every unorthodox modality you could. And there's still a lot of others I haven't done, but I did hypnosis. I did spiritual hypnosis. I did Reiki. I did EMDR. EMDR. I did EMDR, which is eye regression therapy. I did, oh my gosh, there, I did so many things. Like I went to, I went to a, uh, what do they call it? Like a, not a rehab center, but like a 
it was like a um, retreat center. I went to a retreat center and did like a three day retreat in Arizona. Like I've done so many things. Oh my gosh. Like five hour hypnosis sessions. And it has been one hell of a journey. It's been a year and a half and the look inward did something really crazy for me. And I know so many people want to hear me say that I spent this money on healing and I did all these things and I should be healed. I can 100% tell you I am not healed. There is no ED. It is a journey of surrender. It is a journey of finding out more about me every single day and then making the choices that reflect those learnings, right? Because we love learning shit. Excuse my language. We all love learning stuff. But to implement, implementation comes through experience. So when healing, when we, when we are healing, we learn things and or learn things about ourselves and we're like, Oh my God, like this, this exact trauma is why I act like this. Oh, now that I know I am healed. No, you are not. You are healed through practice. You are healed through implementation. You are healed through over and over and over again, making better decisions, realizing that you're setting boundaries, realizing that you realize in the very moment what you are doing that is your normal pattern and choosing to self-regulate instead of react. Right. It is a you are healed through practice. practice. Mm-hmm. So I am getting my practice right now. I'm getting my practice and my restoration right now because I, I feel like I'm in my restoration phase, which is like, you know, you, I'm being restored. I am filling my body back up from the feet up. If I was a vessel, I'm just, I can feel myself like repacking and restoring everything that I am because I literally emptied me out. I threw, it's like I threw up everything inside of me on a table, laid it all out and said, okay, what stays, what goes. Wow. And then, and then how can I repack this and make it healthier, better, and, and allow myself to not make decisions based on my past all the time and, and, and just be a better me, a healthier, more, more at peace, just, just more understanding and graceful version of me. And I think that's where I'm at right now. And I want to say this part for anyone listening, if it's helpful, is I recently realized that you are only as good as your next trigger. You're only as healed as your next trigger. And that's the stuff that comes through practice, right? Mm -hmm. So we always think we're there and then something comes up and then we're like, maybe I'm not because why did I flip out about this thing or why does this hurt so bad? Just know that every trigger is an invitation. It's an invitation. Every time something comes up now, I'm like, okay, I'm not a bad person. I'm learning. And just the fact that I'm aware enough to see it and say, what is, what is that? Is that, is that just my emotion? Is that, do I need to have more patience in my reaction time? Do I, do am I, do I anger slow? Do I anger fast? Do I get frustrated quickly? Do I, what is this an invitation for me to see? What can I uncover through this? What can I learn about myself in this moment? And how can I make, adapt, decide, view these things about myself, because they don't make me a bad person. It's just an invitation to insight. Mm, an invitation to insight. Guys, are you hearing these nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> my word, my word. Jess, I have been watching. Right now. I have been watching parts of your journey online ever since I saw a live that you and Ronnie Brown did, who is a friend to the show, actually. Um, yeah. And you have so much talent. So much truth and your heart is just, just amazing. And you show up that way in 
a lot of the spaces that you enter. So I just want to say thank you, Jess. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I don't think I've ever heard anyone just say thank you. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. I just, I just want to thank you. And so I had the opportunity, and I know at the start of the podcast, you, you mentioned the solo episode, but I watched that solo episode you did um, about honoring your truth. And what I want to ask you is along your journey to truth, what have you, without a shadow of a doubt, learned about yourself that you know to be true? I'm going to say something that I don't think anyone would expect me. The thing that I know to be true is what works for other people may not work for me. Mm -hmm. And I say that to say it this way. I am a soft, emotional, loving, caring human. And like just all the advice I've gotten from certain people over the, you know, the last couple of years, I've tried to play the games that people play. Like I've been told often, like, you know, you let people run all over you. You let people take it, take advantage of you. You don't, you don't see them for who they are up front. Like the red flags are there and blah, 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 blah. And I've, and I've shamed myself for that. Oh, I should have saw it coming. I should have known. I should have protected my energy. I should have, I should have this, I should have that. And shame, you know, shame equals should. I've shoulded, shoulded the hell out of myself for these mistakes and these things. And I've just realized over time that I love and I love hard. And that is who I am. And trying to be anything that I am not is harder right. than dealing with the ramifications of being that. Right. So there are either consequences that come with being who you are, or there is pain in breaking who you are. And we're always trying to change so that we don't end up in the same situations that we've ended up in. But there's parts of me that I've realized, like, that is who I am. That is my truth. I love everybody. Mm-hmm. And you can, whatever you give me at surface value, unfortunately, I'll take it. And mm-hmm. it's for me to decipher later on how, you know, what kind of connection this is, how this is going to work out and what you give me and take it at, at what you give me. And everybody's not meant to be in my intimate circle now. And I do understand that part, but I am a vessel that is open to receiving and open to loving. And that to me, like connection that inspires me. Connection with new people inspires me. It it brings me to life. It really powers me up. And being hardened or skeptical like everyone else is just makes me a whole lot of who I'm not. Right. It makes me a version of myself I don't like. Mm, that's so powerful. And so there are parts of us that in those shadows, because I've been taught for so long that it is, it's part of what makes my life more difficult. But I've just had to own, like, it is who I am because it hurts me worse to not be like that. Right. I went through a season where I tried so hard to protect myself and I became really, really numb. And I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel joy. I couldn't feel pain. I couldn't feel sadness. I couldn't feel, I couldn't feel anything. And I, to this day, will tell anyone I've been through some shit and that is one feeling I don't ever want to feel again. It felt, it felt like a, a different type of hell. Right. Just life passing me by and I couldn't be present. I couldn't enjoy my son. I couldn't enjoy my friends. I couldn't enjoy feelings and moments of love, trust, happiness, joy, 
sadness, anger. I felt nothing. I was so numb. And I literally remember praying to God every day, like, God, just get me back to unconditional, like giving and receiving unconditional love. Just get me back to giving and receiving unconditional love because this is shit. I don't ever want to live like this. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize it's because my truth is I am such a lover. Stop trying to be something you're not. Right. Wow. It's painful. So I, that's that's what came to mind. That's I we have love, several truths, but that's a big one for me. I love that you you just I don't love that you mentioned, but on the topic of pain, I would imagine while on this journey to honoring your truth that you may have experienced some pain. So twofold question. How are you in this moment giving to yourself? And how have you learned to parent your pain? Cool. Parent my pain? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that is a who the question itself gave me chills. There's so much to what you just said. Wow. How have I learned to parent my pain? This is oh my gosh. Okay. So learning to let it be and learning that it has a life cycle mm-hmm. that looks like a roller coaster ride. Not a one and done. It is not an up and down. It is not a start, peak, finish. It is a life cycle that looks like a roller coaster. Right. So learning that you will grieve and, and be in pain and layers that look like a roller coaster ride has been the most important part for me to understand. And then two, having the self-regulating tools when I experience them to know that when anger rises, when, when I'm met with frustration, when I meet a new trigger, when I hurt, when I cry, that this is all just energy in motion. Emotions are energy in motion. And that means that something else is coming up to be released, that I am on a peak or a, a circle of the, the life cycle of an, an emotion or a feeling that needs to be released. And so giving myself the grace in those moments, like something else is coming up, what could this be? What do I feel about myself? Asking myself right now, what do I feel about myself? What do I feel about everyone around me? Am I bringing this onto myself or is something trying to be released? And then giving it the space and the grace and understanding to be released because we as a culture have, we are so obsessed with if we feel pain, sadness, or silence, like something's wrong. I've got to run. I got to go. I got to work harder. I got to get around a bunch of people. I got to go drink. I got to go do this. I can't feel this feeling because it doesn't feel right. And sitting in the feeling and being in the present and living in the now, whether it hurts or not, is the most important part of parenting your pain. Mm. Because it has a life cycle. So I know what I just said sound like it sucks. But to really understand this part, the good news is it has a life cycle. Right. So if you wake up feeling depressed three days in a row, I know you feel like you have to fix it and there's, you need to do something about it. And you're afraid that if you let it sit too long, it's going to manifest and it's going to turn into things. And I, I, I agree to an extent, but you can't run from these things. Something is trying to be processed in your body. Yes. Something is trying to come out. It's trying to be released and it has to be released in some physical way. Whether that be, you know, running, yelling, journaling, talking about it, venting about it, screaming. Can't tell you how many times I had, I called them scream sessions in the car. Right. Like you have to allow these emotions and these feelings to breath work. Breath work has been one of the most powerful tools I've used this year. Like you have to exert this 
out of the body. And if you've ever done intense breath work, you'll learn how much shit we suppress in our body. Yes. You've done intense breath work, breath work, it will blow your mind when you get down to like the 20 minute mark and you realize there is this anger, there is this dismissal, there is this mm-hmm. silencer, there is this version inside of you that, that you feel all these emotions that you're like, where the hell is this coming from? Right. What do you mean? They're coming from a place of stuff that you felt that you pushed and pushed and pushed down before. And there's, it's still there. Right. So, and as, especially as women, we've told ourselves we have to be tough. We have to show up. We don't have time. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But you have to find time, whether that's through isolation, whether that's in that, that one hour in the morning that you have time to cry, like stop forcing yourself not to cry. That is a release. That is energy emotion. Parenting my pain has been being okay with it, period. And knowing that I can be broken and I can be a boss. Come on. Like it, parenting my pain has been acknowledging it every time and knowing, okay, I'm about to go through a little season. Mm -hmm. And yes, I got work to do. And yes, I got hungry clients. And yes, I have, you know, my son has this, this and this going on. I have all these things going on, but I'm very important right now. And I'm allowed to sit in this. Yes. It doesn't mean I'm sulking. It doesn't mean that I'm, I don't have the courage to get out of it. It means that it has to live through me. It is a cycle. I have to go through it. Yeah. To get through it, you got to go through it. You have to, you have to. And that is the ugliest part. That is what 99% of people will not do. And they think because they avoid it or they don't acknowledge it, that that is healing. No, that is suppression. Right. That is how you manifest some of the worst shit in your life. Excuse my language. That is how you manifest the worst stuff in your life is by not dealing with it. Wow. Because it will come up later. Trust and believe it will come up later. For sure. Wow. I could talk to you all day, Jess. (laughs) How can the people stay connected with you? And are there any projects in the work within the next month or so that you're able to speak on? Oh my God. Absolutely. So guys, please, please, please follow me. You're going to get a best friend in your head for sure. Follow me at (laughs) Jessica Hurley, H-U-R-L-E-Y underscore. I just, we talk a lot about a lot of things. I'm always hanging out on Instagram. If you are interested in any way, uh, check that out. (laughs) Uh, If you, if you guys want uh, to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at Jessica Hurley underscore. Or you can uh, check me out at instapodcast.com, which is all our services around how we help a lot of our primary clients with executive production behind some of the biggest shows. And then project-wise, please be on the lookout for this. I've had a podcast for four years now called The Stranded Phase, and it was all about embracing your stuck phase as the most important moments and learning opportunities of your life. And I decided, and I'm saying this on your podcast, here for everyone to hear it. There is over 300 episodes, gems on their transformational journeys that I am now changing the name of the show. And so over the next couple months, it's no longer going to be called The Stranded Phase. It is going to be called Rich in Real Life. Come on. And it's going to be all about the journey that I have been on being stuck to, you know, making quarter to half a million dollars in my business to riding in the front seat of all the luxury cars to having the house of my dreams and learning that all 
this stuff that they're teaching you on the internet that you think you might want. All I want is to be rich in friendship. All I want is to be rich in loyalty. All I want is to be rich in spirituality. I want to be rich in assets, of course, but rich the real way, not what they're telling you online. Like, I want to be rich in freedom. I want to be rich in community. I want to be rich in network. Like, I want to be rich in peace, rich in joy, like rich in real life. What does this look like for people that have experienced this and know that there's so much more? So we're going to shift the show a little bit. It's going to be called Rich in Real Life. We're going to re relaunch in August. I can. Yeah. And then uh, also I have something coming soon over the next month. Just check out messagebehindthemic.com. I'm going to be teaching some people how to really develop their story, turning their pain into a message, into purpose, into something that can really help uh, be the path for someone else. So, yeah. Wow. Amazing. Villagers, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you stay tuned. Same place two weeks from now. Until next time, I want you to cancel the noise. I want you to seek the truth. And I want you to live your life in the most authentic of fashions. Until next time. Thanks for joining us this week on This Life I Live in Truth podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.thislifeiliveintruth.com, where you can stay connected and subscribe to the podcast so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on any and all platforms or for you to simply tell a friend. Feel free to also check out our e-course, Finding Your Purpose. Until next time, listeners, cancel the noise and seek the truth that is often found in the light.